Well, the sharks definitely did not look like the uh, aquatic predators they're supposed to be tonight. <laughs> the Golden Knights uh, do it to them again, ladies and gentlemen, uh, with a 4 nothing shutout of the Sharks. And uh, we will be back to break it all down after this. But first, if you want to be a part of the show, please follow us on the social media. We're on the Twitter, the Instagram, the Facebook, the YouTube, the Reddit, <laughs> the SoundCloud, and of course, the Discord. Oh, boy. Okay, so uh, tonight's game. Well, I mean, where do we really start? I guess we'll start in that first period. Um you know, I think for the first five, I'd say, you know, maybe the first five, ten minutes of the game, of course, the the uh, the goal coming in at uh, 15, uh, 15.02. But I think in the first um, five to ten minutes, you could definitely see that Vegas was setting the pace. And, I mean, right now, this team looks like it's having the play really dictated to them and I think Vegas really set a tone in that first period and you know I I think right now the Vegas Golden Knights are dwelling with inside the San Jose Sharks heads at the moment and uh, this is not a good matchup for Team Teal that is for sure um, I don't know if anybody caught it in the third period, but there was a lot of expletives <laughs> being handed out there on the ice tonight. And um, you can just tell, man, the, the the Vegas Golden Knights are just punking them. So anyhow, I thought that that was set up all because of that first period where Vegas really had them hemmed in their own zone. And it did not look like the Sharks could muster any kind of attack through the neutral zone uh, any kind of of uh, of pressure sustained pressure um, besides having a dump and chase here and there now I will also say that I did not see the forecheck really um, pressing tonight you know and that could be because of the back-to-back and and it just being uh, you know it, it being a taxing game a difficult game yesterday but uh, still, uh, we go into that uh, f- into the latter half of the first period, and and Mark Stone with his six on the season, uh, Stevenson and Pacioretty uh, go ahead with the assists there, and uh, and while we're queuing this up, so we can kind of break it down little by little. I mean, Mark Stone, goodness gracious, this guy is a shark killer. And it's uh, on a two-on-one here, and it's a back-and-forth play. And on this one, I'm thinking, boy, Burnsy, what are you doing pressing up there? I mean, he's he's you've got Burns who decides to make the aggressive move, tries to go into the neutral zone to swat that puck away, and instead whiffs horribly. Whiffs horribly. And... 
I think this is this is just yet another case of the team really uh, defeating itself with mental mistakes. I seem to see these this team continuing to make the same mistakes over and over again, either being too aggressive when they need to give uh, you know give a little ground, or they're giving a little ground when they need to be aggressive. And I know that Burns wants to continue to move the puck up through the neutral zone, but he basically makes that play do or die at that moment, right? It's it's all or nothing. He either gets the poke check and is able to move that uh, move that puck further, uh, or you've got um, you've got uh, that resulting play where Brent Burns doesn't have anybody is trailing on that play and uh, is just <sighs> quite frankly just puts Doobie out there um, to, to hangs them out to dry there and again the Golden Knights are really dictating play at this point and, and it wasn't really any competition for uh, for them. So it's, it's really depressing to see. I think we're really starting to see now what this team is going to be about. Um, and <laughs> yeah, it was not pretty. It was not pretty. So going then I think at the end of that period, I, I felt like they picked it up a little bit. Um, the, the Sharks did. Maybe had a couple minutes uh, in the Vegas end, but then at the end of the period, Vegas storms back and almost scores again. So to me, I, I felt like, uh, you know, the 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 cat and the mouse and, and, and being the mouse and, and being the plaything you know, and, and, and really not able, <laughs> not able to, to dictate anything in anything. And, um, I think we've got Al joining in. Um, let's see if we can pull him in. here. Hey hey oh, hello, Al. <laughs> Sorry. This was kind of last minute guys. <laughs> oh, for sure. Well, I mean, we've got, uh, you know, we've got the emergency backup, uh, coming in here as a David Ayer situation, people. Um, uh, Denver Doyle coming in with with something kind of kind of interesting, and I think I like this take. Uh, Denver saying Leonard needs to play every night, and I think that Al would uh, would also agree with that. I think that if you're going to have that young a player um, up here, you know you can't let him rot on that taxi squad, and that's why I I am I'm really upset of, about uh, Chemlevsky you know, kind of just being jettisoned to that. He's not able to play on the CUDA. Yeah. And, and, and yet, uh, you know, he's a, he's a kid that needs to develop. So. I mean, uh, um, yeah, even with, even with um, Leonard gains more time on the ice, um, he's been one of the more consistent young forwards for the team. Um, Tim Leske, I do like a lot, but there seems to be more time he needs on the ice to be, be more consistent. Um, yeah. I see him more as a Kevin LeBanc kind of player. 
Um, a lot of potential, but um, definitely um, just needs more time on the ice. Yeah, yeah, and and one guy, um, Al, that I'm I'm thinking about that has maybe kind of run his course here um, because I think he's now kind of showing me he's just a player, and um, and that would be Gambrell. I, I think Gambrell really, to me, needs to uh, be stepping it up. You know, he's basically the second line center now, who is you know got balsers on his left, and he's got. Um, uh, Leonard right now on his right, but he was also a guy that had Timo on his right, or yeah, Timo on the no, Timo on the left, yeah, and Sash or not Sasha, excuse me, and um, Balsers on the right. I'm getting all of those. One of, one of the good things about Timo is that you can play him left or right. Um, he is a tweener, so um, you know I I love Marlowe, but he is clogging up a oh. roster spot. Yeah, we're going to get into Marlowe, too. I, I, it, it was bad out there tonight. But um, let's go into that second period, Al. I went over the in the first period how just Vegas kind of started the place of play and, and dictated. And, and going, into the, uh, going into the second period, I mean, it was just more of the same. In that first, in that first seven minutes, the team, uh, again, was flat. Vegas was able to dominate and dictate. And, you know, again, it's just more of the same ineptitude in this, you know, in this lineup. It was very evident tonight. You know, I thought the first period was kind of back and forth. The Sharks did have a couple of opportunities to get a goal on the net. Um, But even watching the first period, you kind of could sense that if there was a two goal lead, um, Vegas would kind of blow this game wide open. And yeah, uh, I mean, like you said before, uh, Vegas is cycle game among the best in the league. Um, the Sharks had literally no stop against it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, there's no real other way of, of, of kind of describing it except for that, you know, the team was just just completely dumbfounded with how to. Uh, how to even traverse through the neutral zone. I mean, tonight, Al, I don't know how many times I saw a pass explode on the stick uh, of of the forwards tonight. It, Balsers um, having a lot of pucks slip out. I mean, like I said before, Dylan Gambrell, um, you know, I think the only forward line that looked um, competent and I wouldn't even say good, but competent was the uh, was was the first line. Yeah, literally, literally, that was it. I mean, um, I liked Gabriel's game. I thought that he was throwing the body out there quite a bit. Um, and Matt Nieto and um, uh, Ryan Donato looked okay. Um, or no, Shelman, excuse me, Shelman. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I thought that those guys were working hard, but if your fourth line and your first line are the only two lines that are, that are working hard, I'm, I'm sorry, but Vegas is going to eat you alive. I think all year the Sharks have only had one line consistently going. Um, that's been Couture, Kane, and um, 
think that would be Kircher, Kane, and um, LeBanc. I think yeah. LeBanc is on that line. Uh, who, whoever is on second and third, and they've often gone through goal uh, droughts either from injury, um, Timo's out, um, Hurdle's out. Um, there's just a lack of depth on this team, and you're not expecting to get the production that you've gotten already from, uh, you know, um, God, I'm blanking on his name. Um, God. Um, well, whatever. But um, just the second and third line has just not been consistent enough. And even so, like, if they're not scoring, they're turning over the puck in the neutral zone to the point where it becomes a detriment on the goalie. Yeah. No, you're 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 absolutely right. And um, um give me a second here. I'm gonna try and uh, gonna try and ping uh, Puck Guy if we can. Uh, let's see if we can add Puck Guy in here. And so, I, yeah, I I I think that <laughs> you know it's not one, it's another. It, it really is. It, it, if it's not one line working, it's it's another line working. Um, and and so yeah, uh, puck guy. I mean, um, I think we can probably hear your audio coming in. Um, okay. And, and we can go ahead and add you here. Alrighty. Lance, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you you did kind of get quiet all of a sudden. Yeah. You, <laughs> you got a little quiet. You know what else got quiet, folks? Uh, the Sharks' offense. But um, I mean. Uh, I, I'm just joining in, and, and Landy and Al, thank you for uh, uh, writing the ship. By the way, Al, I need to know where you got that shirt because that's really cool, by the way. Um, but, guys, I mean, the second shutout uh, on the uh, on the homestand, uh, they're 1-4-1 one, one on the homestand, and I know you guys were scrubbing through the lines a little bit there. But, I mean, we kind of expected... Um, Tell me if I'm wrong, boys. Uh, we kind of expected them to this be the make or break homestand. Yeah. And yeah. right now it's, I mean, it's broken with cracks all over. With a capital B. Can't put, broken with a capital B. you can't put spackle on it right now, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, it, it is it is that bad. It, it really is. And, and, and I mean, I know be, that uh, we... I mean, I know that we we have like hyperbole or whatever, but um, you know, I I really do think that this is a sign that uh, this team is not good. No, I, but the it the thing is is that it's capable of being good. The talent on this squad is good enough. Yes, Eric Carlson Oof. has had his I, issues. I yes. mean, I I dare I dare to, to to challenge you on that. I mean, because clearly right now, I mean. Tonight, the talent looked so immediate to the eye test. I mean, the the differential in talent. Now you're minus hurdle, which is which is a, a big deal, and you're minus uh, Timo, which is also a big deal. But even still, if they had Timo and they had Hurdle, I, I man, I Vegas is Vegas is just is just completely overwhelming them with talent. Oh, and and absolutely, Vegas has it, Vegas has probably the I, I think outside of Toronto probably has the most stacked roster in the NHL. 
is working together with as a team and and having that next man up mentality. I mean, Al, I'll even throw it at you. Yeah. You you know, after after that little sword picture photoshop during the playoffs for Flurry, I mean, to to play 11 of the last 12 and I think he was on like a four game winning streak with I think I have on my on my uh, notes here like a one seven two goals against in the last four games and he gets another shutout tonight. I I think more or less with Flurry, the four depth for Vegas is just they have three lines that could be a first line for a potential NHL team. Oh, yeah. um, my issue like when you when we say you know EK sixty five is not doing so well. Well, I think we need to kind of point out that Velasic only has three points this entire season, oh, and he's getting no, eight, I mean, $8 million. Vlasic, like, Vla- Vlasic has not been good. I, uh, that's another guy that has seen an epic decline. Epic decline. Yeah, so to, like, to follow up you know, your puck guy's question, it's like four depth really does control the, the pace of the game, and this is what hurt us against St. Louis in the Western Conference Finals. It's what kind of got us through the Western Conference Finals against St. Louis when we did have forward depth. So the huge bet that Doug Wilson made against, you know, getting Eric Carlson and, you know, kind of having the lesser forward depth, that's kind of been the story right now. Um, Right. And, you know, I think he's been decent. I think he's been more engaged, in particular, Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson. this coming in just right now, Al, I, I hate to bring this to you, but this is from Simbin Vegas, and uh, we used to have a really good rivalry, but now it's not as powerful as it was oh. the first two years. This is Marcheseau uh, on the Sharks. I, I mean, and Marcheseau is going to run his mouth. What else is new? I mean, let's be honest here. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but he's not wrong. He's not wrong, he's not wrong yeah. yeah. If I'm not mistaken, I don't think Vegas has lost to the Sharks in San Jose in regulation uh, at, in the regular season. I think they're like, what, 6-0-2? It's been a if while. If I'm not mistaken. I mean, yeah. come on now. I mean, this yeah. this rivalry per se, and, and yes, we, we know why it's a, it's become a rivalry, but it's... it's uh, you know, it, it ever since ever since that series, it's been one sided. Yes, I mean Couture had the, had that nice overtime winner. Uh, I think it was like November of, of the previous season. But I mean, other than that, I mean, and, no. and just to, <laughs> just just to put a cherry on top when we're talking about scoring, and I'm just looking at it now, guys. I mean, the Sharks own the the third worst. Um, differential in the NHL and 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 if you if there is one stat to me that is always a great predictability of you know where your team is at and and where it's going is that differential Um, you know for me at least I think that that's the one that I look at as being the health indicator of your team and and this team is not healthy not healthy And, and um, I think that the team also needs to stop kidding itself that it this is a playoff team. And I think that there needs to be some movement. I think um, 
guys are too comfortable. Uh, again, I, I, I just see a team that is comfortable. I see a team that wants to play on its own timetable when it can, you know, when it feels like it wants to step on the gas, it steps on the gas. But most of the time, you know, they're content with just being pushed around. I think if the Sharks management thought that this was a Stanley Cup caliber playoff team, they would not have brought back Bob Budner um, just because there were other candidates out there who were well more qualified. And, you know, Bob Budner's been decent, but, like, there's been times when I think he's kind of blown, you know, you know, having Marlowe out on a three-versus-three, having, you know, line switches that just didn't really make sense at that time. Um, you know, I, I'm not putting anything on Marlowe, of course, but like eventually the old guard is going to have to come in negative. It's, this is the last year of it. Uh, and Marlowe's the last trail of it. And yeah. At the same time. Go yeah. ahead, Landy. Sorry. No, I mean, I, I was just going to go a little bit on Marlowe because I, you know, we, we had teased that in the opening, but, Puck guy, I mean, I, I love me some Patty, some some Mr. Shark, and you know one of my favorite players to watch, and and will be forever iconic in this, uh, you know, in in this uniform. Um, but he looks like a shell of himself. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the last year of Tamu Solani, when Tamu was just able to barely lace him up. Um, you know, he wasn't playing back to backs anymore. You could see the hands were still there, but he just couldn't skate anymore. And to me, Marlowe's the only thing he's got is the skating, and and everything else is just completely falling off. I, I'm not seeing any power in his shot. I'm not seeing any power in his passing. Um, and it's it's this is real. This has been a tough season for me to watch for him. I think the toughest it, I've had to 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 watch. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, it's it's been a tough one for Patty for sure. I mean, it's it's why you know Toronto gave up a first round pick to Carolina with him to to essentially get him off the books. Uh, although I thought he did fine in Toronto and early on last season, I thought he was doing all right. But yeah, this year it's so, shown the age. But Patty's also been one of those guys that needs kind of a good support group around him. And that's true. Putting a third, putting him on the third or fourth line with some kids, not exactly the best. Now, when you know, when Nolan was around, when Domfus was around, uh, when Jumbo was definitely around, you know, the pressure was off of him, and he's always done well when the pressure was off him. I mean, remember when he got his captaincy removed? He scored forty-four goals. Yeah. So the the group around him isn't exactly the best right now and honestly it shows i mean and and you know what marlo you're going to be forever remembered here um you're going you're eventually going to break that record which will be you know which i think will be a great celebration for him but yeah you can bring in some other people and and such and you guys were talking about you know making some moves who are you going to move though yeah, and, uh, and Bur- you, you Burge. So many- yeah, I just want to say special shout out to Burge Seven F Ninety One. This is his second super chat donation, so that's eight dollars from Burge. Really appreciate it, Burge. Um, and and yeah, he has got uh, he's got the question about who can you extract value f- 
four off of this roster. And, I mean, I think the only one that's living up to his contract right now is is Logan Kutcher. I think he is the only one. Maybe you could you could make the argument for Kane, but I think Kane has also been you know on the upswing right now. Um, but I, I'm if I'm looking at Kane's contract, I don't want any part of that. I, there's no way I would want to touch that. The only way you trade Velasic is to Montreal. I believe he has a no movement clause. And I think he's made it pretty clear he wants to get back to Canada in some way, whether that's one of the you know Canadian teams, or just after he's done playing in San Jose, move back. Um, he's made yeah, that kind of clear. Yeah, Al. I so, think I, I think kind of hopping onto that. I think um, what did he say? It was either. You know, he wanted to retire as a shark, and and I think that it's one of two choices. He's either playing for the Canadians or for the Sharks, and I think that that's it. And and here's the thing, guys. I mean, trade with value. Who are you going to trade? You say Couture. He's got a three-team, you know, list. Evander Kane has a three-team list. Mind you, these guys have multi-year contracts. If these had like a year or so to go, like Barkley Goodrose did. And Goodrow got a first-round pick. I mean, that's just crazy to get that out from Goodrow. Yeah. But, I mean, Couture has three, four, five, six. I mean, he still has seven, six years after this. Uh, yeah, six years after this contract. I mean, that might be a big dangled candle to move. Evander Kane, right now, that's a tough one to grab because who wants to bring in Evander Kane with everything that's going on? outside of him and no disrespect to Evander because he is a good guy and he can and he has been gracious with all the stuff outside uh, doing community stuff and but who else are you going to bring in I mean yeah Burnsy you you still have three you have four more years after this year we won't even touch Eric Carlson because he, nobody's going to touch no. him <laughs> yeah. And um. Just means- just quickly. Uh. Thank you, Ian, for the uh, for the super chat donation. Um. Really appreciate it. And of course, for everyone, um, the uh, the super chats help, and they go back into the show. Your tax dollars at work. Um. We've got about <laughs> uh, <laughs> we got about sixty watchers right now. So uh, you know yeah. the deal, people. Um. If uh, if you want your favorite segment tonight. I think uh, I think we're gonna set the bar high tonight. I think we're gonna go for a forty-like video. So uh, smash that Can button. Can we get a forty? Can we get a forty? And uh, and yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Puck guy. Uh, continue on where you were at there. Oh no, you're good. Uh, let's get those likes going, people. Let's make it happen. Uh, but the the thing is, is that you don't have anybody that you can really move unless you're gonna get something i mean you have to get something out of it and and you're just not going to get it the other issue is there is no buyer's market this time around uh covid made all salary cap just for teams there's more of a seller's market in in a way if there's if there's teams with cap space you can get a first round or second round draft pick just because of how strapped teams are with cap so but the sharks are not in there they're you know they're trying to find teams you know, Stanley Cup teams that need that one piece, but 
all these pieces we were talking about are eight million, seven million. You know, it's even hard to train Jones and Dubnik's contract just because of how they played this season. And considering yeah. what they've went through, you know, and what they've been playing, nobody's going to want to pick them up. And if you do, good luck getting anything of major value out of it. Yeah, and you know, just segueing kind of back into the uh, into the game because I think this is perfect, boys, with the with the segment here is is another guy that you thought well maybe you could extract some values, Devin Dubnik. But tonight on that second goal, I- I'm just looking at this here, and you've got Tuck coming in and picks the glove side high, and. You know, those are one of those ones that you want to see Dubnik try and be either cutting the shooter off a little bit more or standing up a little bit taller. But boy, I mean, one, it's rough to give up that that uh, that giveaway in the in the neutral zone. And, and, you know, you've already got Tuck kind of building up speed, but you're also needing your goalie to to really, you know, stand in there. I know he had already been doing a pretty good job. Um, earlier up to that point, but uh, I did not like that goal, guys. What did, what did you guys think on the second goal? I'll let you uh, go, Puck guy. Uh, the second goal uh, to make it two nothing for Tuck. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was a rough giveaway from Ferraro. He was he was dealing with the bouncing puck, and then just comes in and and takes it in no problem. I, I didn't like how Burnsy kind of just was kind of gliding a little bit there too. You know, it just it it almost was like that first goal from Stone kind of just deflated them. And I think he was more or less trying to take away the you know the, the center ice pass, similar to the first goal with Stone. Right. But um, I would have liked to see Burns be a little more aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. And. He and, usually is. <laughs> right, right. About yeah, and and that's what I was 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 saying. It was like it seemed like the reverse tonight, where they were, you know, passive when they needed to be aggressive and aggressive when they needed to be passive. It was, yeah. uh, um, uh, again, another mental mistake. And and you know, we don't see Ferraro having a bad game, but I think tonight was a pretty bad game for him. And I think Burns also like contributed to that quite, you know, quite a lot. And yeah, I mean, so, uh, you know, something that uh, that AJ is bringing up here in the chat and appreciate it, AJ, is um, if you also are uh, giving to us or donating to us here in the Super Chat, you can also use at Venmo and uh, at Teal Town USA. And the Venmo is nice because we get all of the proceeds. I think through these uh, donations, um, there is a little bit of cut that goes to the Google machine and uh yeah, I mean, if you if you really want those tax dollars to go to work, <laughs> <laughs> we got that stimmy coming. Checks coming up. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Where we're going, we don't need roads. Yeah, exactly. Where we're going, we don't need roads. Um, and so the I, sharks are going. It's not even close to being paved. Right uh, yeah. Oh well, so so yeah. So Tuck, go ahead, and he he's got that uh, two nothing goal unassisted. Um, but you know, just to make matters worse and to make him more of a prick than he already is, um, he scores a second uh, unassisted goal. And uh, and on this one, oh, we boy. see uh, 
yeah, yeah, we see Brent Burns and Mario Ferraro just really going out there and mixing up on guys behind the net. Then it kind of pops out into the uh, into the half wall area, and it then goes into the slot. There's nobody in the slot on uh, you know on Tuck, and he's got this backhand you know coming in that uh, you know is is put in off a of deflection. So the rebound control, like Al was talking about the last time me and Al were were on, yeah. um, has been a consistent issue between each goalie. <laughs> and guys, I mean, there's a reason this this team has sub, you know, it's it's got sub 900 goaltending on both goaltenders. I think Jones is like an 863, and Doobie's like an 897. I don't know what he is now, but uh, I mean, the defense is bad. The defense is bad. The the forwards are not tracking back into the zone enough, but. How many times can we go down the Martin Jones redemption tour before, you know, it's time to to cut cut bait with a guy? I well, still think you can salvage Jones. It's just the thing is, is that the four depth, like I said with Flurry, has not been there for the Sharks. And I know he's been pulled a bunch more this season, but some of that Jones. is also yeah, Jones. Jones has been pulled a bunch more this season than normal. I think it's the five out of the last 15 uh, starts this season he's been pulled. With that said, the four depth is, is the main issue I see. And when it's not doing consistent, not bringing consistent offense, time of possession, you know, it's tailored made when Jones loses his confidence. And when the Sharks are not providing offense, it's almost what you see on the ice. Yeah. I mean, it, you have Jones, you have Dubnik. And then on this goal, you know, it's a mixture. It's literally a mixture of Burns trying to clear it. It hits off of, I think it was Couture, and just literally lands right onto the stick of Tuck to bury it home. Yeah. And it's just yeah. like, oh, my gosh. It, it's one of those where, where we would say for years, that's that's so Sharks. That's the yeah. getting goal. Yeah, yeah. At uh, at this point, um, at the end of the second, uh, we, the shots on goal are already twenty eight to seventeen. And, and and again, I mean, I don't know. You were you were not here at the beginning of it, puck guy. But um, the Sharks were getting the pace of play dictated to them, <laughs> and 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 they just they just kind of took it. And and mind you, I, like I said, I, I did want to call out Curtis Gabriel. I thought that he was playing physical tonight. I thought he was dragging in, um, you know, the players that were on his line to be physical. But it doesn't really do much when you've got no bite in the rest of the lineup. Yeah. No. I, and the thing is, is that why is he in the lineup in the first place? Just to deal with Ryan Reeves? Or just to to try to throw the game right back at them, I mean, kind of it's kind of a psychological victory for the Golden Knights that that your biggest rival has to bring in a tough guy. And so far, and I'm curious to see what happens on Monday night against St. Louis if Gabriel's Gabriel's in the lineup then, because if he's not then you're basically saying, oh, we're just bringing this guy in to play f- against the Golden Knights. 
that's a i mean you, you saw how reeves was laughing after the fight and after after that goal um, yeah i mean i goal. i heard I them i heard them um I, I in that third period i heard the c word at least three or four times out on the ice between the two you know between the two teams and it's like Oh boy! I mean, I'm hearing this through the broadcast, and I'm like, not, not good, guys. Come on now, put Cut the, the put the mute, yeah, put the mute button on. But like I said, uh, Puck guy, complete ownage. I mean, I mean, yeah. you too, Al. I mean, complete ownage. And and right now, the Vegas Golden Knights have firmly set up the throne in the Sharks' brains. They're they're owned, completely owned. I can't argue with it. No. And and you know I I came into the season trying to be as optimistic as I could, and and I think some things that we can pull out tonight was uh, Nikki Kanijov I think really stood in there on the back end tonight and and was really really solid. Um, again, I, I'm liking what I'm seeing from Nieto who who's been continually consistent. If you're talking about a guy you want you can get some trade value for, I think he's a guy Nieto. that um, yeah, you could you could probably get a fifth or a sixth rounder for him. Um, you know, I, I'm seeing good things from Leonard. I, I think every game we're seeing him grow a little bit. Um, he's a little easy to push off the puck right now, but I see some some very good creativity and some really really good speed from him um i think he needs to work on his hands um and i think he needs to work on um just again the the puck control um and and balsers uh, was a was a nice surprise you know i think to me he's kind of got a third line floor and i think he's got a ceiling of, of potentially being a second liner because I see him with some really good vision and some really good creativity. But I want to ask you, do you think guys that, because a long time for, for the Sharks, they under the, the Tim Burke era of, of drafting, um, they always picked, or it always seemed like they picked high floor guys. They were looking for guys that, that could that you know that they could stay at the floor they were a safe you know kind of middle tier type pick you know where they didn't kind of swing for the fences on prospects they just kind of went for solid guys i i think that we're starting to or we're not starting but i think we're seeing that um <laughs> you know that era of drafting kind of go through the system and it's you know, it's it's difficult to watch because now it just looks like a team of fourth liners to me. Besides I, the first line, I do want to say this: that like the Sharks, for the longest time, were drafting in the high twenties. They had won the division, high playoff record, first round, second round. You get the point. High twenties. So normally, you're gonna get prospects that aren't gonna be changing the game. We got super lucky with Pavelski on the what seventh round, mm -hmm. and that and never three. happens. Yeah, and Heck, like the, Nabokov. I mean, yeah. I mean, you can you can reel off a list of of, yes. of them, but go ahead now. But Sorry. like in terms of like Logan Couture, I believe he was a ninth overall pick 
Like so, like the times that we've drafted high, um, including last year, um, or we could have. Yeah, I know. I oh, <laughs> I, I, I I know. I, I, I just look at Stutzla. I, but uh, I can hear already Ian and Kevin already telling me no. Like the Sharks have had a horrible history of drafting first round draft picks low. But look, we had tremendous luck with our playoff with our regular seasons high twenty draft picks. I do think the Barracuda system, the minor league system, could have been a lot better. Um, but at the same time, we were using those picks, those people, those assets to trade for people down the road. Take tr- trade for people, in a, you know, in a trade market. So, I just yeah. I thought we had learned our lesson, though. I, I I really thought that we had learned our lesson fourteen fifteen, where it was like, okay, you know, the core is. It looked like it was starting to age out at that point. And, you know, we missed the playoffs that year. And they said, okay, we're going to retool. And they did. And that Stanley Cup run seemed to almost shift the philosophy again to, okay, let's push this window as far as we can. And then almost like they decided to get away from restocking the farm system or at least they were more open to mortgaging assets you know future assets in order to win now and yet i think we're seeing that play out in in the in the level of talent on the ice right now and and you know i mean you look at you look at a guy like cody glass vegas's first round pick he he looks like a player. He looks like a really good player, and and not only that, but a player coming into a good, well, a structured system. <laughs> you know, I say a system that gets results, but um, Pete DeBoer is notoriously hard on rookies. But from from tonight on, his ice usage, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't see that from Glass. I mean, he's not a rookie, but I know he's a young player. Um. Yeah, it, it's it's it literally tonight. Guys, the story is the haves and haves nots, and and you know, going into that third period, I I think you tried to be hopeful that that uh, something was going to, um, you know, materialize and yeah, materialize. And so far as the the teams push back, but they they fell even harder. Uh, go ahead, Al. No, like um, what I was gonna say is, I think ultimately this division, for a long, for the next couple of years, was won and lost when Vegas went after Stone, another Ottawa player, and got him at a, at a better deal. I think it was eight years, eight million, just similar deal to what Mike Burns I think got. I would have to look up Stone's contract, but Stone's contract is far more of a bargain compared to what. You see how the Sharks went after Vander Kane for. So that's kind of where I look at it is they went after a forward who had center depth and probably the best hand-eye coordination, I think, in the league. And uh, everything that went with goes along with Vander Kane. Well, the yeah. the Stone deal is actually $9.5 million, um, yeah. you know, for a younger guy, too. I mean, he's only 28. Jesus. Although that, <laughs> flow, although the flow in the beards will tell you otherwise, but uh, you know, and, and there's some people who would would say, hey, you know, 
the Sharks acquired the wrong piece from Ottawa. Yeah. You know, I, I uh, think I think it's it's pretty it's pretty safe to say now looking at this that that this is a failed experiment, guys. I, I you know I don't think we need to. I think that the book is pretty much written on this, and and I think right now I'm I'm just in the time to write it off mode because you know quite frankly this guy is not living up to uh, and and it's not his fault I, I i go back to that too i don't think it's his fault i think if anybody were in his position where he's had some major injury issues and he could cash out like he did everybody would take that contract so i don't i don't blame eric carlson for taking that but at some point you also have to ask is he too comfortable with what he has now and i think the answer is yes i i think the answer is yes and um denver is has continually been asking me this so so i'll we'll, we'll get this on there and um appreciate uh, the persistence there denver um he's asking how do you think doug wilson will explain this season <laughs> i think that he already had a built-in excuse with COVID. And, and I think Al was completely right with with the uh, Bob Bugner hire. I, I, I you know, if, if the team was really thinking that it was, it was more than it was, I don't think that they would hire Bob Bugner. Um, I also wanted to say a uh, special shout-out to Ian again for another Super Chat donation, four ninety nine. Uh, a beer Thank league you. team that plays half-baked and buzz has more Gee, talent God. than this team. Oh, boy. Uh, you're not wrong. Uh, I don't know. Well, yeah. Okay. You know, that's 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 the tough part, is that yeah. it, those longtime fans and I've been here since day one. These are the days of. I hate to say it. It's like the Cow Palace. It's like ninety five, ninety six, where you have a bunch of players, and. That's it. I mean, you know, the whole what was the whole line from Pierre Doring after the Carlson trade? We're a team. Yeah. I don't Are know we? if we even have a team. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, 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 I don't think I don't think so. And and, and you look at you, you just look at, at what that single move cost and and, and Oh, but you give up, you give up at least a second line center in Norris, and then you get like a bona fide number one two line type winger in Stutzla. Like, oh my goodness! I, I, oh. But but the thing is, is that you make that trade because you are on the verge. I mean, Landy, you and I were on were on the air that day like an hour after the the trade went down you make that move because you make that risk however what costs you stutzla is is the pick uh is re-signing him and then re-signing him to a ridiculous deal now my thinking and i'll put on my tin foil hat and everything in order for carlson to wave his no trade was EW flying to Ottawa saying, hey, I, I need you to do this. And he's like, well, I, I, would, I would like to, uh, to uh, get a contract extension and, and therefore uh, 
you know, need to be the highest paid defenseman in the league. More, less enthusiasm. Less enthusiasm. Sorry, I was, <laughs> I was trying to get like, I'm trying to perfect my Carlson impersonation there. Uh, but I mean, I'm sure that there is probably like, you know, a handshake that was hidden and nothing was everything, you know. But you have that. You have the moves that you had to make because of that. You know, yes, I get COVID, you know, COVID's a thing and the Sharks had to deal with some other stuff, but everybody had dealt with COVID, you know? Yeah. Yep. But that's, that's I'm just, the, that's I'm, I'm, part. Yeah, and and I know that we're I know we're talking about the the hindsight twenty twenty, and everybody's like, hey, you know, people, you know, people are asking, um, or not asking, but people are saying, you know, it, it is, um, you know, a, a trade that you make over and over again. But I'm just I'm just looking at it from a pure perspective now. Of look how that one move affected a franchise. As mm-hmm. as much as it has, how the, the chain of events that happened that that put that move in motion, and then not only that, but the for, the fortunes uh, of each of those franchises uh, with this one move. Uh, I, I mean, with the with the move and the resign, because I I I see them as as linked as Eric does. I think that there was a wink, wink, nudge, nudge on the um, Carlson. You know, le- uh, letting go and, and and of his no trade con- uh, clause and, and going to San Jose, um, you know that that they, he was going to be resigned to the max deal, and with that move, it cost you a second line, which I know AJ will honk that horn or beat that drum <laughs> as as anybody will. Um, and, and, I mean, granted, he is he's right oh, about he, that. Oh no! I mean, completely right. Completely right. I mean, what was it? Something like eighty-eight goals uh, depart? No, not eighty-eight goals. Uh, it's like AJ. I know you're in the chat. Give us that. Give us that stat. I know you have it somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How many goals of that of that second line? Uh, you know, just went away. Um. Again. Yeah. I. It, it's just. I'm not saying. You know. I'm not crying over the spilled milk here but i am also wondering you know when the 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 check is going to be cashed for all of this mismanagement so to speak the other trade that the sharks didn't make was i think it was around 2013 or 2014 when the sharks could have possibly gotten tj oshi kevin kevin shattenkirk for a hurdle and Meyer when when TJ Oshie was still on the blues. Right. And OG at that time, or Oshie was still like a, you know, merging superstar at that time. You know, I personally do like that trade a lot. Thank you, AJ. 58 goals. (laughs) Yeah. Of course, it's 102 points from Pat Pavelski, but... Um, I've always been a TJ Oshie fan, and that would have been a deal I would have made in a heartbeat. Just do it like that. Of course, hindsight's twenty twenty, but TJ Oshie is still a solid player in the in the league. Yeah, and he's got a cup now. 
with Washington. With Washington. Sharks and Pavs. Pavs was, what, two wins away from getting it with Dallas. Yep. And Yep. I, you know, and and and, and the, the thing is, guys, I mean, not only are we talking about just the the raw statistics of, of what left, but we also have to talk about the intangibles of what left and what came in. I think you saw Pavelski. I, you know, I mean, this is my pet theory about this, and, and I don't know if it's if it's there's any merit to it, but my pet theory is, is that when the Eric Carlson move was made, that kind of dug Pavelski's heel in for that third year. Because I think had the had the Carlson extension not been made, or at least not been made in the way that it was, um, I, I think Pavelski would have been a little bit more of the team first kind of guy. But I think after he saw what Eric Carlson extracted from them, and Eric Carlson was a was an ad and not a core foundation piece. I think, well, he kind of, you know, changed a little bit insofar as, okay, I got to look out for myself now because, you know, this is what we're doing. And, and, you know, it's kind of every man for himself. And it's kind of, you know, it, it's kind of, uh, I don't know. I, I think it was kind of an omen or, or, or kind of a, a sea change in the locker room. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a, it was a change, but again, I think you know, Pavs was the leader of the squad, you know, and you know brought this team together. I mean, we saw that with with you know that little snippet. We, we I would play ad nauseum, uh, you know, from the Stadium Series documentary. Yeah, you you, you need that, and you know the the thing is is that. Those are those are the risks you take. I mean, they did it with Marlowe, did just fine because you know he came back with something. I think the Pabs the first the first big story. one for DW was Nabokov, right? Remember when Nabi held out? I think that was the first real big time that uh, he had a shark. I mean, Nabi was under the Lombardi regime when he held out. Okay, okay, I thought that was DW's yeah, yeah. first. Oh, that was I. Uh, think he was in the org still um and 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 you know you 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 have to play that game you have to play that game and and you know when it came time for doug to decide whether or not to keep nabby in 2010 that one was a tough one you know yeah uh, so so I going going back now or, or just I just want to pose yeah. this question for you guys is I mean would either I mean if I told you this sentence I would be willing to bleed for my team and put it out on the ice and bleed out there on the ice and would willingly want to sacrifice for his team does that sound like a Pavelski quote or an Eric Carlson quote? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, that that's yeah. that that's where I go to with this. I mean, and and you know, I think AJ puts it as diva status, but I think it it's even more than that. Um, I see a guy that is uh, 
kind of afraid to to really to to put everything in it because I think he's thinking he's going to come apart. But what made the what 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 made the difference from going from Ottawa to San Jose? Because I mean, the, again, another point that we will, that we always bring up is that Carlson at the time when we acquired him, which believe it or not was just you know two and a half years ago, was considered most likely a first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, with the pair of Norris trophies, probably one of the most remarkable offensive defensemen around. I mean, heck, we even saw that that uh, video of of uh, Kopitar and Brown trying to like, I don't want to cover him in overtime. You want to cover him overtime? And Carlson's laughing. Where did all that go? I mean, yes, did did Ottawa have a little bit more talent base than? The current Sharks? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was Stone, there was Hoffman, there is, you know, a bunch of other guys that, that were promising. But now it's like there's all this nervousness. He's thinking pass, you know, pass first. I mean, granted, he, he had a couple of good games in this week, except for maybe tonight. And, and but it's like, come on, you guys need to have that passion. You know, there's that there's that we talk about the Owen Nolan, the the Mike Ricci passion. You know, yeah, that's yeah, where it, that's where this team needs to come into play. And, you know, honestly needs to be, be focusing on because efforts like tonight against a good, solid team isn't going to cut it. The effort against Colorado. Yeah, that was great. But what happened the following game? They get shut out. And also they kind Colorado left, you know, didn't really play too hard in the second period. And the Sharks did capitalize, which is probably the only time I've actually ever said that this season. But, um, you know, I, I think Earl Crest has been decent. It's just who has left and who has come, who has somewhat replaced him. You know, Pavelski is always going to be a fan favorite in San Jose. Just the way he played. And being the underdog for such a long time, and then being the captain, everyone's gonna root for Pavelski. That said, he hasn't really ha- Eric Carlson hasn't really helped out his case too much. It, it, and that's and that is that is a great point, Al. Is that you know Carlson could help out his his own legacy here, and and I, and I think guys. Like you were saying about the Hall of Fame talk, I think he was on track to go in. But so far, if he plays out the rest of this contract as he's playing now, it might be the only time. Maybe maybe there are some other ones, some other people can bring up the you know meteoric rises of a, of a player, but then all of a sudden just drops off a cliff and, and you know that actually hurts his Hall of Fame chances. I think this tenure here could hurt his hall of fame chances i i think I, yeah you i can I, make I, the same art you can make the same argument about marlo going to, to toronto and not doing actually, anything in the playoffs i but i i i counter you with this though i think marlo had been so for so long had not been a paid attention to especially when it came to games play durability uh you know the goals and etc 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 
Um, yeah. And so going to Toronto, I think to me is what cemented his legacy as as being able to at least sniff the Hall of Fame. Um, because yeah, if he if he first... beats Gordy Howe's games played, Mark, which I think he will, I, I, I how do you not have him in there? I mean, but the first year the Sharks were were without Marlowe, the Sharks go to the Stanley Cup final, and you know, was in the second year or first year. No, no, he, he was still on the team. He was still on the team. Oh no, that's right, he was still on the team. I totally forgot he was still on the team. Yeah, yeah, my bad. Yeah, yeah, and and and, and I mean, now age is pulling it up. You know how can how can you give the guy the hall when he's two years into you know an eight year deal and can't string together more than two good games? Yeah, <sighs> yeah, and and it's it's, it's um, kind of. It's kind of like this sense, and Landy, I know you're in, you're a Niners fan. Al, are you? Yeah. Okay. I mean, George Seifert was a heck of a head coach for the for the Niners, and you know he had a great run, two Super Bowls, some dominant years, some dominant teams, and to me, looked like he was going to get into the Hall of Fame. Then a few years later, after he got, you know, he resigned from the Niners. He went to Carolina and was a nightmare and had like a one in fifteen record. And this guy had like the best winning percentage in NFL history and ruined it by going to Carolina. Hasn't even sniffed being mentioned for the Hall of Fame. No, you know, I, and and I kind of look at it that way. You know, Carlson looked really great, and now all of a sudden, I mean, who who misses? Dylan DeMello. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes, makes Dylan DeMello look like a stud, right? I mean, I just, yeah, guys, it's, it's, it's not good. And I, 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 I hope that the front office is not in denial at this point. Um, but I would have my doubts about that. Um, yeah. and, and I think, that the teal tinted glasses, so to speak, are firmly placed on uh, on the head of DW while whilst he's getting, uh, you know, getting working on that tan, because um, but boy, that 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 man knows how to tan. But <laughs> especially on free agent frenzy day. Uh, but all in all, honestly, you can't even rebuild right now. You can bring it. You can get assets in. You can do little stuff here and there, but. You're still going to have all those contracts to deal with. So you better have some sort of, you know, some fancy changes you're going to make with with your cap. You're going to have to make sure you cash in if you're going to even if you're going to attempt to tank, which I can't see them doing. I mean, they should embrace it at this point. But I mean, you can't move some of these guys. You're you're literally stuck, and, and yeah. unless you get, unless you get a sucker, you know. And and my my concern is is who's who's in a rougher spot, and I hate to even mention this because it's such a frustrating to say this. Who's in a rougher spot, San Jose or Buffalo? San Jose because of the, all the cap all the salary constraints Buffalo can get out of the Taylor Hall contract this year. Um, They can even trade for him, but 
Um, you know, Buffalo's Buffalo. There's, I think you can still build a con, build a, a quote unquote locker room community around them. It's just, you know, there's, there's a, uh, there's a bigger issues with the sharks that will last for a good five years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, Kevin Lacey saying Detroit, you know, as, as, as a, as a place, but I, I think Buffalo, (sighs) Buffalo and, and San Jose are, are roughly in similar positions. Although I think quite frankly, Buffalo has more talent than, than the sharks do on some levels. I think, you know, uh, Jack, I if if you're going Jack Eichel versus Logan Couture, I mean you take Jack Eichel yeah. every day. No, but I mean you you even for Buffalo have, uh, you know, a guy that's in the second year of his contract, making what nine million in Jeff Skinner, the guy who was supposedly <laughs> better than Logan Couture years ago, and and he's getting healthy scratch, and I and I know Kevin's saying that's just sour talk, but honestly. Like you guys said, my point is is that Buffalo can make some moves to get out of that. San Jose is kind of stuck in that sense, and that's my point. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. it's 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 it's. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's it's a big hole to stare down, and I would not be surprised if we if we see a Jones buyout. I I, I think that one is they're going to have to eat that contract um and oh boy i, I you got to you got to hang on to kane i mean i'm just thinking who's who's going to what are what's seattle going to take off of this team who do they want you know what None. i mean like yeah yeah because i think they can't move burns's contract i don't think seattle can even take burns's contract um. Yeah, like there's. I, if I was Seattle, I would take the lowest cap hit on the Sharks and move on to the next team. Just yeah, do what you got to do, and You're not wrong. and maybe you do what Vegas did for the Sharks and just say, hey, we'll offer you a second round draft pick and to take uh, Burns or Velasic or someone just to get them off the books. Um, I don't really think you can buyout Jones, I think they're just going to ride him all the way through his contract and just say Levy. But um, it really does depend on who's coming up through the Barracuda system, and I don't think there is a good goaltender in the system quite yet. Yeah. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. Well, we've eclipsed the hour mark. Uh, we've got 67 people watching, which is amazing. Oh, uh, we only got the 26 likes, so uh, everybody, 26? you know. Yeah, Come on. yeah, the the twenty six. Yeah, yeah, we're trying to go for well, forty, but but I guess people don't want that that favorite uh, gimmick of ours. So I mean, I, gentlemen, I can even drop out so you guys can have Kevin recap that wonderful Barracuda game. Uh, uh, yeah, <sighs> um, let's do it. Let's make it thirty and and go around the league. <laughs> but um, while while we're doing that, guys, let's. Uh, can can we have a little bit of jersey jargon before oh, we sure. get out of here? Yeah, I mean between uh, me and Eric, we can I, spend I, the kind of, I I mean I kind of, honestly now that we've seen him on the ice, what did you think? And it's interesting the Sharks put out this poll. They did it on on their little um, 
game day website and they put it on Twitter as to which jersey do you like the most? And they picked, they had four options Stadium Series, Heritage, Reverse Retro, and Stealth. And let's see if I can pull this up. But I mean, they got a lot of response to it and they say 49% the Heritage, 25% for the Stealth. Yeah. Um, what did you guys think? Um, I think uh, I, that, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Lenny. Go ahead. I was just going to say that they need to keep the old logo in, in the stable rotation. I think going forward, um, you know, the appetite is just there insofar as merchandising and, and sales and stuff. And, and I think that, uh, you know, if the Sharks are going to go through a downturn, they really need to pull all the stops with the uh with the merchandising and with you know the the special jerseys and things like that because i mean that's really i mean we're looking forward to the that now i mean that's where we're at it's where we're looking forward to you know the little niceties <laughs> yeah we can take whatever we can get i mean come on marketing was there was the biggest thing that the sharks had going for them when they entered the league uh you know so I don't know. Yeah, Al, what do you think? Uh, honestly, I don't really a fan of the New Jersey that was on tonight. I think it's kind of mm, it's not a tier jersey. It's definitely it's definitely a third tier jersey. Definitely an alternate. Um, I think it's just all that gray. I don't think matches with anything on the jersey. But um, go with the classic 25th anniversary Heritage jersey. Just make that your third jersey. Get it over with. Um, People would like, come and get it. Um, of course, they probably won't. They'll probably keep that still limited every so-and-so. Yeah. Yeah, when I think of that gray, guys, I, I mean, I just think of that that Nike jersey, you know, that that uh, Nike uh, years. And, and, and if you're going to have that gray, you've got you've to either bite the bullet and, and just, you know, go straight up, hey, we're going to bring this out of retirement, or you just don't use that color at all because – uh, but besides being in the heritage jersey, right? But um, I think that that they've definitely gotten away from using the gray um, in their primary palette, and I and I miss the gray. So it's nice to see it. But when I see that gray, I don't think about that jersey that Puck guys got on right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you this: All right, if there, oh, go ahead. Before, before, um, what jersey style would you like to see reversed? If it's not this this version which version would it be would you want like the heritage jersey in black i want the heritage whites <laughs> my god <laughs> uh, well uh, but, but again I, i'm 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 in the the white home minority <laughs> you know what i mean like um phrasing uh, you know, Ooh, like uh, yeah, yes. phrasing, right? Um, <laughs> everybody knows. Everybody knows I'm a, I'm Italian, so that automatically disqualifies me from saying I'm white. But um, uh, yes. no, when I'm, what I mean though is I, I'm of the old school where you wear whites at home. You know what I mean? It's like the Giants creams. It, it's just you think of the light color at home, and those whites to me are just gorgeous. I love, I, I love the. Uh, the, the white jersey in the original logo format. So that's me. Yep. 
All right, boys. Um, so let's go ahead. Uh, we got thirty likes, so I guess we can do a quick. We can do a quick run around, um, but we're not going to play you the graphic, of course. Yeah. Um, and and everybody, um, we're just going to go really quickly through these scores. Um, I think we're going to try and wrap this up. Uh, so the Rangers beat the Devils six to three tonight. Um, both teams are kind of middling right now. Uh, Ten nine and three for the Rangers and seven eleven and two for the Devils. Uh, the Islanders, uh, man, they're. Barry Trotz run teams are just always really, really good. 14, 6, and 4. They beat up on the Sabres tonight 5 to 2. I think that's kind of why we also had some Sabres talk a little bit because they are really not going well. Penguins uh, beat the Flyers tonight 4 to 3. Um, you know, the Penguins uh, tread in water. So it'll be interesting to see where they end up uh, on the season. Panthers beat the Predators. There's another team that's fallen from grace, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the Predators are 10-14-0. Panthers are 15-4-4. Four, four. They're, they're looking pretty good. And uh, they beat up on Predators 6-2. to two. Uh, the Canucks uh, beat the Maple Leafs tonight, four to two. Uh, and again, another team that is uh, underperforming, and, and another GM that's uh, potentially in trouble out there in Vancouver. Uh, the Coyotes beat the Minnesota Wild five to two. The Canadiens beat the Jets seven to one. The Ducks beat the Avalanche five to four in overtime, and that was a comeback game. Uh, Stars beat. Uh, the Blue Jackets five nothing. Kings beat the Blues four to three in overtime. Again, another comeback game. And in the Battle of Alberta, the Oilers take the Flames three to two in regulation. And uh, yeah, another team that's uh, needing some restructuring. That is for sure over there in in uh, in Flames country. So, uh, gentlemen, can I get your final thoughts on tonight's play of the evening? Uh, and uh, where the people can find you and uh what your uh what your plans are uh <laughs> kind of going forward uh go ahead puck guy you can find me at puck guy 14 on the twitter and the instagram um been here for a long time not going anywhere anytime soon you know when they say teal together uh you know uh, you, you stick with this team no matter what. It's going to be painful, folks, but uh, hang in there. Hang in there. Uh, it's, hopefully something will come up soon. I mean, <laughs> my goodness. But, uh, you know, just hang in there. And as for me, I'm going to bed after this. So, you know, there you go. Back to you, Landy. Uh, well, appreciate that. Uh, I'm, lo- I'm loving that we can use that tonight. Al, uh, go ahead and uh, and let us know where people can find you, what you're up to these days, and uh, anything you want to pimp. Um, you can find me on Twitter, Al Marnay. I'm always talking hockey, always talking sports. Uh, similar to Puck Guy, rough, rough um, season. Um, just coming with no expectations. Um, there will be light at the end of the tunnel soon but it's definitely not going to be this season um that's about what i can all i can really say i mean there's this sounds dark but you know darkest before the dawn right well you are absolutely right about that one uh right about that one al um if you missed us though uh check us out across pretty much all of the social media platforms and podcasting platforms that you know of. So that would be uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, the Google uh, Podcasting Service, of course, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, 
TuneIn, iHeart, and you can always catch those really, really good news and editorial pieces out at tealtownusa.com. Um, and uh, for everybody, uh, this has been some good therapy tonight. <laughs> and uh, we'll catch you after uh, after the next game on St. Louis uh, uh, against St. Louis on Monday. So uh, thanks everybody, and have a great night. So keep it real, keep it teal, keep it real teal. Have a good hey, one. That's my line. <laughs>